Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime, episode 20. What? What? I'm so proud of us. I know, doing it. Uh, I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this week, like much of, I do believe, the world and definitely the U.S., that is finally every state is starting to finally do this too, we have been stuck inside. Our governor issued us, stay home, stay healthy. Yay. I've been going to work because I'm essential. You're essential. Thank you for your sacrifice. But I am still mostly staying home. Uh, Well, I'm staying home when I'm not at work. So there's that. I'm still doing that. Um, and okay. so going on that, we decided to do quarantine reads. So you had to pick a book you already owned that was already on your shelf. No buying new books. Mine was on my TBR list and I got my new Audible credit. I hope that's okay. It's like kind of technically part of the rules. I didn't have to purchase it. I'll it was on my list. Okay. Because it was like on my list. I just needed something to listen to versus read because I did start to read something that was on my shelf but then I'm working a lot of overtime right now Mm -hmm. so I just haven't had a lot of time to like listen because I listen on my commute and I don't you don't commute anymore yeah (laughs) so it's been a little complicated yeah but okay thank you I appreciate your leniency we also have a super fun little thing for this episode we have quarantinis which I do have to say I stole the name from This Podcast Will Kill You. Uh, it's a podcast about, like, diseases and viruses and bacteria, and it's amazing, and you should all go listen, but they have one. Either way, stole the idea of it from them, and so I will tell you about my quarantini, and then I'll jump into my book, and then you do your quarantini. Okay, sounds good. And basically, the quarantini was, uh, what do we have in our fridge slash house that we can turn into an alcoholic drink? That's delicious, not yeah. a terrible one. Yeah, something we'd actually drink. So mine is, I think we decided to call it, what, the lime cocoa it's a quarantini? Cocoa lime. It's a cocoa lime quarantini. Cocoa lime quarantini. It is one ounce of lime juice, two ounces of rum. I did white rum because it's what I own. And then top it with coconut water or coconut milk if you own that. And the cocoa water I did, you do it with every cocoa water. But I branched out and I tried the pressed coconut coconut water this I time. I actually really like that one. It's That's good. That's honestly one of the ones I get the most. But here's my caveat with that is like I like it when it's super cold. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if I'm going to drink it, I'll like pop it in my freezer for like five minutes. So it's like super cold, but obviously not frozen yet because yeah. five minutes is not long enough to freeze coconut water. Um, I just really like it super cold, but I really like the pressed coconut one. Yeah, it's good. It's my good first choice. one of it. I've been branching out and liking more coconut water these days, so. I started with the um, mango one that's way more fruity. Mm. So the book that I picked, I actually won a signed copy of the book from BuzzFeed. I get their little um, BuzzFeed book club emails. I've never actually read one of the books during the book club because it's a very aggressive turnaround time. Yeah, I won. So I got a signed copy. So that was awesome. So the book I did is called Nothing to See Here, and it's by Kevin Wilson. 
Um, it claims to be laugh out loud funny. I did not laugh out loud, but I okay. think I think I can see why people said that. So the book, oh gosh, it's been a hot minute, so I have to figure out the characters' names again all of a sudden. Oh yeah, that's oh, why gosh. I take book notes right before we start talking, because otherwise I know I'm gonna forget. Yeah. Okay, I think I, I think I have it right. So um the one of the main characters, her name is Lillian. And this other one is Madison. So Madison grew up in a very, very wealthy family. Uh, She had older brothers. They're like doctors and lawyers. And she was always going to have to go off and do amazing things. And then Lillian grew grew up like super poor. And like her mom didn't care. Like her mom was kind of a distant mom. Didn't really seem to care too much about her. But Lillian was super smart and like worked her ass off. And she got accepted to this like all girls super smart boarding school thing go Lillian yeah and then all of her their like her teachers kind of started up like this fund to pay like the to, or I think she got a full rise so it wasn't tuition but to get like pay for her books and her uniforms and stuff like that so it's super awesome so she's there it's her first year and she gets uh becomes roommates with Madison Madison likes to go out and drink and party and Lillian doesn't really do any of that stuff um and then one day uh madison gets caught with coke in her room oh no madison and shame yeah and so everybody knows that basically she's like even though she's like super rich and super influential and stuff her like she's still gonna get freaking uh expelled from the school and so madison's dad drives up and takes both the girls out to dinner and invites lillian's mom to dinner and basically, he's like, hey, for I'm going to give you $10,000, and your daughter is going to go in tomorrow and say that it was her drug. Knew it. Okay, cool. It dick. Cool. Yeah. So then, and of course, her mom, like, goes through with it because her mom's not, like, a super great person or anything like that. And so it happens. Elaine gets kicked out, and the only rumor people have is that she's the freaking druggie, right? So... So she kind of goes back to like her shit life and everyone is really disappointed in her because they think she got expelled for doing drugs, even though she didn't. And she kind of just like stays in, yeah, she just stays in town. She moves out after she graduates, she moves out for a little bit. Then she ends up having to like move back in to her mom's attic and she kind of is working a shitty dead end job. But her and Madison like still write back and forth like throughout the years. Lillian's never truly told her about how, like, kind of shitty her current circumstances are, but they always write back and forth. Um, and Lillian gets uh, this letter one day from her. Maybe. Yeah, so she gets this letter, and it's Madison. And Madison's like, hey, I have a giant favor to ask of you. I want to fly you out here, and I'm going to tell you what it is, and you can, like, decide. Like, let me know. And she was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but yeah, sure, all right, I'll, I'll do mm-hmm. it, whatever. And so she gets picked up at the airport by this Carl, and she's like, oh, because at this time, Madison is married with kids. It's been like 15 years or something like that since they were in school together, because they were only in school together for like nine months. But Madison is still, they're still like, they, they call each other best friends because they literally don't have any other friend that they were ever close to. So it's not that they're, like, actually necessarily best friends. It's just they don't have anyone else. And so Lillian gets there, and Madison is like, yeah, so uh, my husband, 
And they have this perfect little child, and he's actually really kind of an odd duck and everything. But he's great. He's perfect. But he was perfect, but odd. Yeah. But he was married before. Husband was married before and has two kids. Um, I think they're twins. Yeah, twins. And uh, the their mother, like she let they got divorced, and the mom left the kids, and the mom just killed herself. And so now he's getting these children and she's like, we need basically a nanny, but she didn't call him a nanny. Oh, shoot. what did she call it? It's like super, um, not even like an, it's even better than like an au pair. Oh, it's a, uh, oh, I just had it. What's better than an au pair? Like a countess, not a countess. I get the heck I think of what they called her. A governess? Governess. Yes. Did it. I was like, what is it? Uh-huh. You're going to be the governess of these two kids. And Lillian's like, I mean, that's odd. Like, why do you need that? Like, I don't get it. Like, why, why can't you just, like, bring them into your home? And she's like, well, they they have this odd ability type thing. And she's like, and I need I need your discretion. And we're going to pay you a bajillion, bajillion dollars. And you're never going to have to pay for anything while you live here. So you're just going to be making all this money. It's going to be great. But, uh, yeah, they catch on fire. And she's like, what? Oh. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean they, like, catch on fire? She's like, yeah, they just, like, they get angry or upset and they catch on fire. And, like, no harm is ever done to them. But, yeah, they just catch on fire. And she's like, and then so her husband is, I don't know if I said this before, but her husband is a Senate. It, whatever state they live in tennessee tennessee he says tennessee senate ah uh, and he has his eyes set on secretary of state so they're like it'd be really bad if it got out that i they ha- he has these fire children right not good not good she's like so basically your job is to like she's like and it's only through the summer she's like just not necessarily fix them because they're like we spent all this money and they can't be fixed da, 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 da. And so then Lillian takes it. She's like, yep. All right, cool. Fine. Whatever. Let's do this thing. So they go and the kids have been staying at their grandparents' house, which is their dead mom's parents. Um, and they don't fucking want the kids. They never wanted the kids to begin with because kids are fucking weird. And so she like goes and she like manages to convince them to like come back to the house. Um, and basically she's like trying to kind of like, win them over and like let them know that she can be trusted and that she wouldn't lie to them but also like they've been homeschooled this whole time and like eventually they're gonna have to go to real school so she like tries to like teach them stuff and like at one point like when she's at the grandparents house and they're trying to get the girl like the girl like bites the shit out of her hand but she's just like still trials just like wrangler and it's just like river and then later the girl's like i bit your hand and she's like yeah i know Yep, we've mo- we've moved on from that, and like during that scenario, like the kids had caught on fire, and she had like take I think she was wearing a dress or something, and she just like took it off real quick, tried to put like because the only thing that she had to like put the fire out, and then like later on, like she realizes that she's still just standing there in like her bra and her undies, like huh, I should probably go uh, put some put something on. on. Okay, cool, cool. And so the kids basically spend like the first chunk of time just like hanging out in the pool. And then finally, she's like, okay, like, and like, cause she does, she has no idea what the fuck she's doing. So they hang out in the pool all day and they eat junk food. And then she's like, okay, we should probably eat like a vegetable and like, maybe, 
kind of like do like start learning math and then the girl gets upset because she's not very good at math and then she's like it's okay she's like she's like I, we, we'll figure it out like it's fine well you can do all these other things like so she does end up like winning the kids over and then so this is so i i think i'd give this book like a three and a half out of five because while it is the concept is fun and it is entertaining not a whole lot fucking happens Mm. it's basically just like her hanging out with the kids while they're like she's like trying to figure out ways for them to like not catch on fire like uh like she gets like little tyvek um long johns made for them um as as like a hope to kind of keep the fire in so it doesn't like go out and then like this like gel that stunt people use to like make sure they don't catch on fire and so yeah it's it's odd like the concept was super fun i just don't feel like much really when i finished the book i was like oh what the hell actually happened not a lot of plot yeah like she hung out with these kids for like a month and a half and like convinced them to kind of like accept her and be cool and then like i mean i'm just gonna keep going so if somebody if if this was on your list to read and you're actually super stoked for it uh skip this part because i'm probably going to give a couple spoilers out just because it's parts that actually were kind of exciting is that um at one point the uh madison and then the husband and the not fire child are standing up oh because that was it is that partway through the book the because the current secretary of state is sick and that's why they're like we kind of need like this all figured out now and these kids to be calmed the hell down because if they start looking when he gets when the husband gets picked like that we don't want them to find this and then turns out the secretary of state was way sicker and he just up and dies oh my gosh yeah so they're like okay so like it's like three days yay you're secretary of state oh my gosh and so they're like he's out there doing like some random speech or something um this is kind of towards the end but then the boy his son with the new wife madison catches on fire oh good yeah and so then the kids are like oh shit it's not just us the perfect one and so like the kids are super stoked because they're like we're not broken if he does it who they love him and he's all perfect if he has it and then lillian is like it's the husband genes stupid like at one point they were all having dinner it was the first dinner i think it's like two weeks in or something like that they were like we want you and the twins up at the house for dinner because they're at like this like a guest house thing over wherever the fuck on the nine thousand plots of land that they own and they're talking and they're like somehow it gets brought up that the husband is like oh they're like oh uh, i think the girl's like oh so like what do you do like trying to like be good and like ask questions and stuff and he's like oh i'm a senate in the great state of tennessee oh because that's what because they had gone to the library that's why this was right after they had done their first outing in public and they'd gone to the library because they were going to do a research project on um famous people from tennessee and so the boy picks some like i think it was like some world war ii guy who killed a whole bunch of people or maybe world war one or something from tennessee and then the girl picked dolly parton avi um and so he's like, yeah. And so the husband is like asking questions and they're like, yeah, that's what they picked. And he's like, really? Dolly Parton? You couldn't come up with anybody better? And he's like, there are like these three presidents from Tennessee. And Lillian is like pissed at this point because the little girl is getting all super fucking embarrassed that he's like making fun of the fact that she picked Dolly Parton when she was super excited. 
she's like because also their mom loved dolly parton and so she's like uh she's fucking amazing doy um and so then lillian is like yeah well these two presidents were both shit and uh the third one wasn't actually born here so what think about that <laughs> and he, of course he gets all pissed off because how dare anybody oh, speak against him in public or whatever even though like and it literally says like in public i'm like that's not in public that is at the dinner table in your own damn home calm down yeah it's not public but yeah so that part was kind of fun but yeah so like i said like all in all like once i finished it was a very fast read and it was entertaining read but i don't feel like a lot happens like you know kind of in like a beachy novel where you get to the end and you're like there wasn't a whole lot of plot i enjoyed it but i wish there was more that's where i was so okay yeah it's fair i did like his writing it seems like entertaining though like it's an interesting concept yeah it it was it's like totally a new thing it wasn't and it's not like it's like superhero catch on fire it's just like they they just fucking catch on fire and catch on fire they don't get hurt from it and bizarre i uh wish i knew more about it yeah so it's uh, nothing to see here by kevin wilson i think i would recommend it if you're looking for just like a quick read go for it but if you're looking for something a little more with detail might not be the one for you not as funny as uh you expected either so that's kind of unfortunate not like i did not laugh out loud it was entertaining but not like hilarious yeah who was it who said i'd laugh out loud jacqueline woodson said i would laugh out loud Mm. she was wrong can i see the cover of that again shabon Oh, okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's that one with the, okay. Yeah, like, that's so the yeah. That's I expected. Yeah, it's like a kid's, like, lower body, and then the front is, like, waist up is all on fire. Yeah, it was agreed. When I first saw the cover, I was like, I don't know what the hell this is gonna be about, but... And then once you're like, oh, go with this? fire children! Okay. Cool. Yeah, I get it now, so. Interesting. Alright. Well, that was good. Yeah, so jump on in. Uh, did you say how many stars you would give this one yet? Three and a half fire children out of five fire children. I don't know where I'm, I'm getting a half. How a do you get a half a fire child? Just, but, just okay. the top half is on fire. Okay. Three and a half out of five fire emojis. Got yes. it. I'll yep. do my best to make a half an emoji. I'll like, I'll make it happen. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to this. I'll, I'll find a way. It's <laughs> probably not going to happen, but I have faith. Okay. So, before I tell you about my book, let me tell you about my quarantini. Yes. Because I'm like a quarantini and a half deep. Woo. Woo. That's what happens when you're second, okay? Uh, Yeah. And also, when you're in quarantine, like, what else is there to do? You just fucking drink. Like, yeah. You also, you like, did you work today? No. Yeah. So you didn't even have to work today. So you can start drinking. Yeah. Can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways. So I made myself a grapefruit lime quarantini. Mm. Um, this has two shots of gin. Um, the second one I have to kind of explain. So this is like grapefruit cut up in syrup. You know how you can get like those little pre-made little cups at like Costco or I think like QFC and stuff have them too. Mm-hmm. It's like prepared fruit in like syrup and like yeah. sugar syrup and the, and the sugar watery stuff yeah yeah so i had some of those in my fridge and i was like oh grapefruit goes well because i'm at a point where i don't necessarily have a bunch of fresh fruits and vegetables lying around mm-hmm. to make things 
Um, so I use one of those grapefruit syrup things, grapefruit and syrup things. And I like muddled the actual fruit so that I got like some pulpy juice out of it. And then I poured that juice into my little cup with my gin. I added the syrup mm-hmm. from the actual cup because it's just like sugary grapefruit water. It's like basically a grapefruit simple syrup. Yeah. So I use like about half of that thing as like a simple syrup because like grapefruit can be kind of tart, right? Yeah. And like all of the like grapefruity recipes I found to like give me inspiration um, had simple syrup in it and I don't have that either. So perfect. One of those little eight ounces grapefruit and syrup. And then I did a half a can of lime seltzer water. Ooh. Ooh. And then I did like a little lime slice on the side. Because I do actually have lime, but, like, I didn't have enough to, like, juice a bunch of limes. Yeah, to get all your limes, uh, yeah. Right. And I just used crushed ice, and it was so good. That like, sounds tasty. very happy with this. Like, honestly, I'm so glad I added, because I was like, oh, no, I don't have simple syrup. It's okay. Like, I don't really like my drinks that sweet. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, like, just the grapefruit and lime together, it's pretty tart. So I was really glad I added that, like, syrup from the little juice cup. Yeah, and I think that, that's it, like, probably really good. And sweeter. Yeah, like it's not like just simple syrup. It's like a little bit more grapefruity too. There's like more to it, yeah. So like it was I'm pretty happy with it. Um, do you remember that uh rosemary simple syrup that we made? Yes. I bet a grapefruit rosemary simple syrup would be really good in here. Oh, that would be tasty. I was like, dang, I wish I still had some of that. I don't know how long it lasts. I think I tossed it at some point because I was like, it's been a while. Yeah. (laughs) I almost made a mint simple syrup because there was a drink that I had thought of that sounded really good. And then I ended up working six tins in a row and I gave up on that. So, oh, no. that's but that's okay because my uh, coconut water drink is delicious and I'm pretending it's basically healthy because I'm pretty sure coconut water is good for you. The bottles. Yeah. The bottle says that it, yeah, it hydrates naturally. Yeah. If you so don't need Gatorade. So yeah, this is a health drink guys. You're this welcome. Is the best drink. You yeah. get and more than just books. Mine, so yeah. These are all healthy drinks. <laughs> but yeah, gin is my my alcohol of choice though. So I know I don't, you don't like it because you think it tastes like trees. It does. I have like a really fancy one though that doesn't taste like trees. All right. Save me some for when we're out of this quarantine and I'll try it. I will try. No promises. I'm down okay. to like a third of a bottle and I had like three. You can you can put like a half a shot in a Ziploc baggie and put that in the freezer or something for I'll me. I'll mail it to you. <laughs> put it in like tupperware mail yeah it to you. and they're like what are you mailing oh just an empty tupperware it's fine it'd be fine i could just fit it in my mailbox i'll just put it into like one of those teeny tiny little like jello shot glasses mm-hmm. because I, that would totally fit in like an envelope and then in my yeah. mail slot oh i could do gosh, it i love it be great i'll let you know how it goes i'll have to like oh. duct tape the hell out of it i'm working on it in my mind. Okay. okay perfect all right my book so I did start reading a different book, like I said, um, and I don't even remember now because I didn't get very far. Uh, oh, it's like Saw Kill Girls. So it's uh, like kind of like a murdery book. Oh, I so thought it was going to be like reading. Saw the movie, but girl. No, it's not like something. that. No. Yeah, no, I didn't get very far. So I honestly don't know what that one's about. But that <laughs> one was what I was going to do. Save it, it for next time. This looks interesting. Yeah, next time. Um, but I ended up doing The Apartment by K.L. Slater. I think this has been on my list. Yeah, this has been on my list for a while. And I don't remember when she released it, but I know it's been on my list for a while. So that's what I ended up getting with my Audible credit this month. Um, And it is, I got like invested because I got like a little more than halfway through and I felt like, 
I don't quite understand what's going on here. Like, is it going to explain to me what is happening? Because this is a little confusing and a little bit stressful. So like psychological anxiety, check. Like mysterious, yes. And then like unsure how it would end, also yes. So like off the bat, I'm going to tell you, I probably would give this like four and a half stars because like it wasn't like the most psychological thriller I've experienced, but Mm -hmm. it was pretty dang good. So four and a half. Good. That's an improvement off mine. So yeah, no, I was pretty happy with it. Like I got to a point once I hit about that halfway to three quarters of the way through where I was like, I need to know how this ends. Yeah. (laughs) How is this going to come together? Because I'm not seeing it. Okay. So this story is around, uh, Basically, Freya and her daughter, Skye, are the two main characters here. Freya's husband, Louis, passed away like uh, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And so her and her daughter, like she doesn't have an income. So she's living off of like the money that she made when he died, like out of his like life insurance. And so like they had to sell their house and they're worried about having to like live with friends and like how is she going to pay for anything because they only have so much money, but she can't really work. And be a single mom, like it's it's a challenge. So they're in London, so stuff's very expensive. So mm. it's not like something affordable is going to happen, especially like in the area that they're living in. And so she's like worried that they're going to have to like, you know, go super far away, and she's just not sure what's going to happen next. Um, so basically, this book starts off with like her worrying about this in a cafe, and she gets approached by a man, and he was just like, "Oh, like you seem concerned," and like makes some small talk with her, and finds out that oh, she's looking for an apartment. Um, because he like meant happens to mention that like oh like i'm i'm here looking for tenants for my apartment because we have a uh, my apartment building because we have a vacancy and she's like oh well, i'm looking for an apartment and he's like you are creepy. yeah so like right off the bat i'm like this man's super creepy uh-huh, i don't like it i don't trust him I don't like I get, he's making me uncomfortable but like he tells her that like he's a doctor like dr marsden I don't remember his first name. So Dr. Marsden, um, it doesn't matter. And so he was, she was like, Oh, well, let me see like the apartment building. And he was like, Oh, okay. But he like, does it kind of in a way where he was just like, Oh no, it's okay. You wouldn't be interested. Like, I understand. Like, you're just trying to live your life and do your own thing. Like you seem like a busy lady. I'm not trying to take up your time, which makes her more interested because she thinks he's just being nice. Right. Yeah. And so eventually she's like, oh, well, yeah, I guess I I would like want to take a look at those pictures at least because like they're chatting. And so she's trying to be polite and she is looking for an apartment. Yeah. And so she shows her some pictures and she was like, oh, there's no way I can afford this place. And it's like in Kensington Palace area. That sounds expensive. It has palace in the name. Yeah, exactly. And so she's like, no, like there's no way. And he was like, well, like it's a very special place and we look for very special tenants. And she's creepy. like, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Right. It's super creepy. Run, run away. Yeah. And like, she's like, oh, well, like I have a daughter. It makes it hard to find a place. Like, is your, would your place be okay with that? And he was like, oh, you do like, yeah, totally. Like there aren't other kids around in our complex. Like it would be nice to have like young people, you young know, blood. like just trying to like make it seem like he's lived there for a really long time. And like, they're just looking for someone to fill a vacancy. He says that this apartment has never had anybody in it. And I'm like, considering how old this place is, that seems like a lie. Mm-hmm. But okay. Like, why would you then suddenly have a vacancy if never had anybody in that apartment? 
So it's always been vacant and he's never been able to fill it. Mm, yeah, that's what it sounds like. So it's like, okay, then what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. there's just so many questions. Um, but considering like where she's at and the fact that he said that they adjust rent based on what you can pay if you're the right person to fill the vacancy. Uh. So he was like, it's always in your range. And she's like, okay, that's super weird. This All right, is weird voodoo magic, but. But she accepts, which I don't really understand other than her being in a dark place and being optimistic and thinking he was nice. Being kind of desperate. Yeah. So it's like she does tell like a couple of her friends and they're like, that seems like really sketchy. Like, I don't know. And so like she doesn't like contact him right away, but she does look at like some other place in it, places and is having a hard time finding anything. And so she does end up contacting him and going to look at it with her daughter and her daughter really loved it because there's like a beautiful cherry tree outside of the, the window that she would be like of her bedroom, you know, and mm-hmm. like the, the Miss Dr. Marsden is like very nice and she likes him. And he says, Mrs. Marsden isn't home. So they don't get to meet her or any of the other tenants or anything. Um, and so they basically end up deciding like, okay, let's do it. Like he ends up charging her like 500 a month wow. for this place. And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. And so like, she's having like a hard time kind of believe- believing it, but like, just going to do it anyway. It's <laughs> like, so the, the beginning is basically just me being like, why, why, why? So the story can advance. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like a lot of red flags around here. Um, so they finally move into this place and immediately when they meet Mrs. Marsden, she like, she's like really like stuffy kind of, and like, seems like a very harsh woman and like, it makes her daughter uncomfortable and like her friends think she's kind of weird. It's like right off the bat, you get some weird vibes from her too, but you find out that like, she's a governess at one of the like local schools that Sky is going to have to enroll for. That's and a so second she's governess. Like- I had a governess. I know. I thought that was funny too. I was like, I have a governess too. That's just what they call it. Like the teachers. In, yeah. Yours um, seems London. more, more real than mine seems like a, yours is like a, the nanny kind. It's a, it's a, it's a fancy word for nanny. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she's just like, okay, like that's cool. At least she'll be like useful when I need to like enroll Sky in school. But like, it's hard to like make your child cause Sky's only five, like change oh, okay. your schools. Um, because Lewis is dead, right? I yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, he died. Um, but you find out at this point that not only is he dead, but because they don't tell you this right at the beginning, I think it's very interesting that they give this information a little bit later. Um, but not only is he dead, but before he died, he was actually, he had actually left. Like he left her to be with one of her friends. Oh. So like, there's like a whole other level too. And I think part of it is that like most of the narration is like around the main girl and she doesn't really, she's kind of in denial about everything that happened. And like, Mm -hmm. they were technically still legally married when he died. So she got all the benefits. And so there's been a lot of drama around like this other woman who used to be her friend, but obviously Mm -hmm. now it's not. And so uh, they move into this apartment. And so she has a hard time breaking to her daughter that they're moving. And like a weird thing happens. She's not, she's planning on telling her daughter that day after school. So she's like, okay, I will finally tell her today. Like we've moved into the new place. Like it's time. Um, But it's hard to tell little kids bad stuff, especially when like they've already had like their whole lives upheaved. Yeah. Uh, But she gets to the school to pick her daughter up and the school is like, we've been calling you like we need to talk in the office now. And she was like, oh, okay. Like what happened? And she was just, they were just like the, 
the basket that you sent to, and the note to your daughter's class today was inappropriate. And like, your daughter's extremely upset. And like half the class is like confused and upset. And like, she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I didn't send anything to the class. And there was like a bat, like a goodies basket and like a note sent to her daughter's classroom that said like, um, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something just like my mommy and I have moved. And so I will no longer be attending this school and I'm going to miss everybody, especially my best friend, Petra. Cause like her mom was extra worried that like it was going to cause tension between friendships because like yeah. little kids have a hard time with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so like this causes a huge upheaval, like immediately when they move into this place, like day freaking one, yeah. she was planning on keeping her daughter at that school, at least for the rest of the like semester or quarter or whatever it was mm-hmm. to like ease her into the new place and then do like summer activities with the new kids so that she would like transition. Yeah. So know like, some people. Yeah. But then like immediately, like this whole big thing blows up in her face. Like her daughter's best friend will no longer speak to her. And then her daughter's best friend's mom is mad at Freya for not telling her beforehand and causing so much like anxiety and drama in her child. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's this whole huge thing. Right. And it's just like, right off the bat, it's just like, who did this? And so Freya starts thinking that maybe it's Lewis's lover because Mm -hmm. she was mad that they got the money when he died because technically he like, she was like, he was going to divorce you and marry me. Like this would have been mine, like all that kind of stuff. So she's thinking that like she found out and she's trying to cause drama. Right. But then like other weird stuff starts happening at the house. So it's called at a house in case I refer to it that way. Okay. So they like do meet some of their other neighbors. There's like this uh, younger couple who's had a lot of miscarriages, which is like sad. Yeah. So um, she like meets them and like they're kind of off. Like the guy is really like robotic and awkward. And so she just like chalks it up to like them being like weird around kids because of all their miscarriages. Right. Um, and uh, then they also meet the lady who lives downstairs, Lillian Broccoli. And it's weird because Lillian is like very nice and like they go over there for tea and cake, but like no one else in the building seems to like Lillian. Like they give her like the cold shoulder. And so they were, she just thought maybe it was like a weird, like she's an old lady thing. Maybe she's been around. She's seen too much, like whatever. Um, well, uh, Freya's daughter one day runs down to go talk to the Marsdens about something or ask them something for her mom. And she says that she overhears them saying that the other little girl who lived in their room before liked the cherry tree outside. And she was like, wait, you said we were the first ones to live here. Yeah. That's weird. So like the gift basket thing happens and then this happens. It's like, what's that about? Yeah. And so she's like, she confronts Mr. Marsden about it or Dr. Marsden. He's like, oh, she must have overheard. I just said that like a lot of little girls like cherry trees. Like we have a park nearby, like that comes, that happens a lot. Like people stop by to admire our cherry tree. Yeah. And she, they were like, she must have misheard. And she was like, okay, like she has a five-year-old. Maybe she's making up stories. Um, God, there's just so many like weird little things that happen. It's like, that's weird. But like Freya or a uh, guy insists that like, that's what she heard. Mm-hmm. And then, like, other weird stuff happens, like, Mrs. Marsden one day is like, oh, by the way, we're having a security camera installed inside of your apartment. Nope. No, you're not. He was like, no, I don't, like, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want that to happen. And then she comes home a couple days later, and there is one in her hallway. So huh. she goes downstairs, and Mr. Marsden is home, and he, Dr. Marsden, sorry. And he has a PhD or something, I guess. <laughs> 
um, Dr. Marsden is there and he was like, oh my God, like, I didn't know that like, you didn't want that. Like I, she says she consulted with you. I'll go take it down immediately. So he takes it down, but like Freya is really shaken. And so like, she's starting to like really be uncomfortable here. Cause at first she thought like, maybe it was just like weird little stuff. But like at this point she's like, okay, something is up. Like something is definitely up. Um, and so she starts kind of like looking into like, did somebody die here? Like, did a girl die here? Because the Marsdens had kind of said no when she did try to confront them about it. But they also said that there was an accident, but it didn't happen in her apartment. And the girl wasn't living in her apartment. And they were, she was like, okay, so she wasn't actually living in my apartment, but there was an accident like in the house. Hmm. And they were like, yeah. And so she like runs into a lady in the supermarket who like is a mom at Sky's new school. And she tells them where they're living and this mom gets really weird. She's like, oh, like, like doesn't want to interact with her anymore and like backs off of this conversation. And then she like runs into this guy who's doing construction next door and he said something about the lady who used to live there. And so at this point she's like, okay, somebody definitely lives here. So she starts doing some investigating and then she gets some uh, like stuff in the mail for a Sophie Taylor. Oh, so she does end up finding this name. And so she's like, oh, my God. And so she ends up finding Sophie's sister and being like, "Okay, what happened? Because at this point, after doing some investigating, she realizes that Sophie has died. So she's pretty sure it's suicide because the builder guy she was talking to was like, well, yeah, like you wouldn't know about it. Like London has like a lot of suicides every day, but like people don't really report on it. Mm hmm. Um, so basically at this point, she's assuming that this lady like killed herself. Yeah. Like in her apartment, like, and like, so while she's doing this investigating, other weird stuff happens at the house where like her daughter's furniture is moved around her bedroom yeah, or she yeah. came in one day and there were flies covering the wall in yeah. her daughter's room. And then when she left to go find help and then came back, all the flies were gone. There was like three flies. Hmm. So she's starting to get very uncomfortable here. And this is all starting to kind of come to a head. And I don't really want to obviously tell you the who done it, but like at this point, that's that story, right? Uh -huh. That's what's happening currently. There's another story happening in 1920 that they don't pop into every chapter, but like every few, they'll give you a little tidbit. Hmm. And so intermittently you get like a short little section that's like, you pick up the journal and you flip to the next page and you read Beatrice's words. And it's like, you're reading someone's journal from 1920 about experiments being done on her child, like psychological experiments. Huh. And then this person, like, cause you never hear who the person is. They just say you. So you do these things. Mm -hmm. Like you pick up a camera and take a picture of Sky leaving school. You like go through these old photos and so like you kind of start getting the feeling that like they're obviously being watched and based on that first interaction with dr marsden where i was telling you that like he was like oh no way you're looking for an apartment how odd I right have an apartment. and so like there are little things throughout the book and they're like short chunks like it's hard to explain so that's why i did like currently what's happening and then mm -hmm. like I'm adding this in as a like a for after but this is happening during the book so like the book kind of alternates between like this person watching her and this story of her trying to figure out what's going on at her new house damn yeah 
So it all really comes to a head pretty soon here, but basically she's about ready to leave and then she figures out what's happening. And I don't want to tell you guys, but I was surprised. I did not see this coming. I did hit a point where I suspected this coming, but it was like right before it happened. Well, that's still a really good one though. So I was pretty thrilled with it. Like I was like, what is going on? I was like, maybe Freya is crazy because she has like a psychiatrist friend who she talks to about what's happening in the house because she's starting to feel crazy. Um, and her psychiatrist friend was like, well, if you're feeling overwhelmed again, like you need to tell me. And like, I guess she went through like a depression bout or something and went like into hospitalization for a short period of time after her husband died. Mm-hmm. And so like, she was like, even my best friend is just like waiting to see if this is just me being crazy. She's like, and I don't know now. Yeah. So like, it's just like funny watching Freya kind of like fall into this insanity, but also being like, but how could she have imagined that? Like, there's no way, like, that's super weird. Mm-hmm. And like these things there aren't imagination did happen and it was creepy so like i just really enjoyed this book i got yeah pretty invested by about halfway through and i was like i need to know how this ends yeah seriously so yeah four and a half out of out of five stars that's pretty good yeah yeah and that sounds awesome i think i might have to get it i'm i think i'm moving into work from home so i'll actually have like time and i could listen listen to to audiobooks yeah it's good to do like laundry while I listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Gives me like a like something to do with my hands while I listen to it. Yeah. But it's like mindless. But I did also listen to this one on 1.75 speed. I was pretty proud of myself. Wow. Yeah. I Damn. Because I was like, I know that I'm not listening to it as often as I should because I'm not commuting with it. And like chores don't take that long when you have an audiobook to listen to while you do them. Yeah, you you can they get really like kind of distracted lose yeah. track of time and stuff yeah for sure exactly so i would get through like three hours of it and you know two hours so yeah and you're like, it was pretty great mm-hmm. yeah recommend yeah i'm getting really into like the listening to audiobooks like on high speed mm-hmm. like one speed now feels too slow for me like for pretty much all audiobooks yeah. i need to at least do like 1.25 but most of them i do one and a half and then this time i bumped up to 1.75 two is still a little too much yeah kind of depends on the narrator this one they were all british so, like, two was too much. Mm-hmm. But, like, even 1.75, I had to, like, settle into. I had to, like, go to one and a half and then, like, build up to it. Yeah. Then, like, 1.6 and then just kind of work your way up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, no, do recommend. It was a good pick. Are we uh, going to do quarantine picks again next week, considering we are indeed still quarantined? I think we might as well. We can do it, yeah. Because, yeah, our stay safe, stay home is through uh, May 4th. We can call so, it something different, though, like like a TBR pick. <laughs> yeah. We'll come up with another name that's the exact same concept as this week. Maybe anyone out there listening, if you have ideas on has any suggestions, what we should do. I'll get an audible credit soon. Yeah. Let us know. Give us some ideas. You can shout us out. Uh, Instagram is to pass your bedtime. On Instagram, yeah. I don't know why I paused there. I think I almost said at <laughs> Gmail, which would be our email address. If you wanted to email us your brilliant ideas, it's been a long, <laughs> like, last, like, 14 days. I'm dead. Uh, I know. We're also we on the, this. We also do the tweets. We're on the tweeter at All the I, tweeters. I, PYB underscore pod. So you can tweet us ideas that you have. If Love you that. have an idea of a new quarantini and you want to share it with us. We are Show me your quarantinis. Always open for those because that is awesome. 
and working from home, who says you can't have a lunch beer? Nobody knows. They don't I see do. you. Yeah. It's fine. So it's we fine. give you we give you permission. It's fine. You're fine. Just stay six feet away from anybody else in your house and enjoy your lunch beer. Absolutely. Anyways, thank you everyone as always for listening and well, really, you'll hear from us in a week because we have another mini-sode Yay. coming up. You can hear Rachel's worst book-to-movie rendition of all time. About it. Very passionate, yes. Very passionate. Yeah. So, we will talk at all of you later. Bye. Bye.